Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 379 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. Joined, not today, Willie's in Italy. Psych. So, not always by my maze man, but as we've mentioned before, it is on occasion. We will have Willie. Not this occasion. Very sorry. We will have some 610 representation. Yes. Someone else from the Lehigh Valley. Uh, his name's Ethan Lezak. You may know him as the Backpack. Uh, currently greasing the skids for a Jansport endorsement, perhaps. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Too soon to tell. He'll be here eventually. 8.30, we're thinking, but we'll see. Daniel Roy Lobdell, Jr., to my left, straight ahead. Alien aficionado with... He's got documents, people. His name's Kyle Brackett. got receipts today. He's got father-to-be, but he's got bigger things on his mind right now, and that is cracking this one wide open. But we're going to start with... Uh, what I think is actually pretty cool and something I thought has kind of um, been needed for a little while. And it's there, there's a proposal out there that to l- limit the number of weights in high school wrestling. There are currently 14. Um, New York has 15. It's, un- it's uncountable how many they have. But they, they have more, right? And what's the problem with high school wrestling or a problem? It's forfeit galore, even in Pennsylvania, even in like hotbed states. They cannot fill teams. I think it could be 10, personally, and it'd be fine. But 12, okay, it's a, it's a step in the right direction. And Nomad Nomad was like, oh, people are going to freak out about it's denying opportunities. But you made a really good point about how that's actually not the case. Yeah, so and you already see it on Twitter, and your people are like, no, we need to – someone guy said we need to go up to 16. Okay. Are you high? Just drug test that man. Mail him a cup. Mail him a cup. Tell him to send it back. We'll test it. The, the thing with the amount of weights is, yes, your power programs, in, in every state has their power programs, right? Of course they can fill it and have a robust JV. That's not the issue. The issue is when you are a uh, high school athletic director and you're seeing eight guys on a team, 
or you are in a conference that is in a like rural area and the score is you know 50 to 20 you know, oh, that's a high scoring match well there was three forfeits this way and two forfeits that way that's not a good thing no and and the the people at you know NWCA and and people who are kind of in the know they talk about forfeits as a problem all the time yes. in in a much different way than we talk about it on the college level where in the college level it's you know maybe guys are ducking or you know the redshirt issues but on the high school level it's because bodies cannot be filled right. and they already <laughs> you know one thing that that Willie's talked about for a while is the weights when the weights changed it became harder to fill weights because they 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 have more upper weights now. They have fewer middleweights and more upper weights. So that's great for big guys, but it has played out into more forfeits. And, of course, like, you know, there are some stats saying that the number of wrestlers are going down, which is – basically every sport's participation is going down. Obviously not women's wrestling, but basically every sport's participation is going down, and I think it more so has to do with sport specialization than actual oh, yeah. people going down. But anyway, all of that is to say, 12 weights is perfectly fine. I don't think it will it will even dent the opportunities that most kids have. And I think it will more likely, number one, we'll have shorter dual meets, which is a good thing. And number two, we'll have fewer forfeits, which will encourage people to go, which will encourage ADs to keep teams, which will encourage um, – uh, it will be easier to fill out rosters. And here's the thing, another thing. Okay, so there's – you say 14 to 12. That's 14 starting varsity spots. Doesn't mean there's can only be 14 people on the team or 12 people on the team. Right. Okay. And it's actually maybe better because what's happening is these teams. I know because I literally done this and seen it. Where I'm from, Virginia, it's very hard to fill full teams for basically anyone. You you end up you grab this guy. Okay, he weighs this much. Teach him a couple things. Throw him out there, and these people end up these kids end up wrestling. Before they're ready, they're thrown in the lineup prematurely. And that's a bad pi- byproduct of, of the 14 weights. So there's no denied opportunity because if you're it's, – it's all – basically what you're talking about is starting positions, and that's not something that, like, everyone should have to earn. I, I think a great part about high school sports is, like, earning that starting spot. That's, like, one of the coolest things you can do is earn your way onto the team, not just like happen to weigh the right amount and you get to start. It doesn't work like that in really any other sports. But in this one, you happen to be this size, therefore you are on the team. That's not a that's not a good uh, way of doing things. So I think it's fine. Um, no issues there. I, I just thought about, like, as you were saying that, how often is there one cornerback on a team? Like just to, like there's one guy that Kyle plays Rackett defensive was a back. Shutdown corner and no one talks about it. And it's, I was. It's garbage. So there's one cornerback that shows up. That's not how it works. But in wrestling, there'll be one 106 pounder or one like 195. Exactly what CP just said. And it might even, and this is this this will probably make Willie mad. It might even help uh, parity a little bit or help um, competition level because if there's fewer spots. That means that some teams won't be able to overload with talent like they do now, and some guys will some guys will transfer or end up going to different schools to start with because they'll be more likely to they'll they'll have a starting spot as opposed to you know kind of sitting on the bench at a power program for two years. Now, of course, like if you want to go to power program, you're going to go to power program. But I think I think it will ultimately be a good thing for high school wrestling. Yeah, I do too. I'm right there with you. Okay, 
Uh, Bracky, your thoughts on 14 to 12? Sure I think 12 is perfectly fine. It's, it's not going to reduce opportunities. Would that have squeezed you out of a starting job in your freshman year? Uh, depends what weights they get rid of. Yeah. But no, I don't believe it would have. Oh, you would have found a way. Yeah. yeah. You find a way. That's Life right. finds a way, just like in uh, Jurassic <coughs> Park, right? Can we not do the thing, though, where the lightest weight is nine pounds from the second lightest weight like What's we had for that? years? Oh, what? 103, 112? Yeah. We went 103, 112, 119, and then the, the fives were in the middle and not at the beginning. So you thought, thought it should have been like 103, 108? Yeah, or whatever. Because percentage-wise, you want the the earlier weights to have fewer pounds between them. I don't know. Maybe that makes sense, but I like the 312 situation. Didn't bother me. Any, but, yeah, maybe. Uh, so, I yeah, I don't know. That's the next thing. Like, what will the weights be? Where would they go? I don't know anything about that. But I think it's good. I hope uh, I hope it happens. And, yeah, 14 to 12. Dude, did me. we get a timeline on any of this? No. I mean, okay. maybe, but I didn't see it. Yeah, I did not see it either. I doubt it would be next year. Right. That would be, be a pretty quick turnaround. Right. It would be like a multi-year rollout of – You can't just do this in one year. It's impossible. You could never just roll no. – Go from 14 to 12. Well, and then and then I wonder if there's going to be – Michigan's like, nah, we're not doing – They still have 103, 112, 119, 125, so on and so forth. <laughs> yeah, like we're not changing the weights. And PIAA – Now, PIAA's proposal did come out, I believe. PIAA's like, we might just go to 12. No matter what. Anyway. And if you go back and you listen to or watch the video that Spay and Willie did about where college programs should be started, they they use a lot of data from high school participation numbers. And Pennsylvania as a state is losing 1% of their high school population every year, which is not just wrestlers. High, just high school. Just high schoolers. Okay. So that's part of where, where this comes going? into play. There's people having fewer kids in They're Pennsylvania? Coming here, for one. What, to Austin, Texas? Well, to Texas generally, Colorado, Georgia. Okay. I don't know why we can hear them. That's a little loud. It's, it's quite loud back yeah. there. Hey, Brian or Philip, I don't know but if your comms are on, but we can hear you guys. Y'all are partying back there. Yeah, they're having a lot of good – not listening they're to rowdy good time. They're out. They don't care about going from 14 to 12 weights. Yeah. I'm convinced. The only thing that sucks about this conversation is <laughs> CP and I are, like, pretty much in – Basically lockstep, mm -hmm. so it doesn't create for super entertaining radio, whereas Willie would be raising hell right now. He doesn't like it? Oh, he would absolutely be against it. I'm 100% certain. I don't know, man. Let's, uh, Kyle, maybe you just be Willie on this one. Um, you guys are stupid. You don't know anything. <laughs> I'm the smartest person here, the greatest mind in wrestling. You need to stay at 14. Kids, stay at home. Don't go to prep schools. Blah, blah, blah. They're the devil. Uh, Copenhagen. Copenhagen. Budweiser. Copenhagen. Budweiser. I'm out. Man, he's in Italy. This, I, I'm really, should I be concerned about a gout flare-up in Italy? Yes! An international gout flare-up? <laughs> yes. Listen, first of all, he's, he's going to be eating all the pizza and the pasta in the world. Does that it, cause it to flare up? It can't help. Yeah, probably not. The, red, the like red sauce, yeah. All the, yeah, the red sauce and the wine. I'm sure he's going to be a big wine guy while he's there. Um, there's yeah. no probably no Bud Heavy in Sassari, Italy. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna say wine is like water, like that's your only option. There's no there's no Bud Heavy option. Darn it! Hey, has anything happened at uh, Sassari so far? Give, can we get a quick catch up? Uh, well, we had one American wrestler who is in the finals, and honestly, the finals might be going on while we are 
in the show here because they were slated to start the original. I knew this wasn't going to happen. The original schedule said it was going to be five hours, uh, like for the whole thing. But the semis just ended. So, like, the finals are supposed to start now, but the semis just ended. Mm-hmm. So they haven't done the opening ceremony. And no. They haven't done the finals. Do we have so... any any, uh, any information on who might be leading the opening ceremonies? If there's, like, a dancing situation? Yeah, I think the Rockettes are there. Dang, they got yeah. the Rockettes? Mm-hmm. I knew that was in the works. All right, that's great. But uh, Tracy Hancock, Jangelo Hancock, is in the finals, and he locked up uh, – the three seed at the World Championships, so he could be the three seed, or if Kirill Milov of Bulgaria or Musev Loev of Russia do not show up, he could be a top two seed. But this is the fourth medal that Chanzo's <laughs> had at a ranking series event. Well, three ranking series plus Pan Am, so he's having an awesome season. Check him out, Final X Lincoln, which will be his seventh event of the year, by the way. That seems like a lot for international wrestling. Kyle Derrick hasn't wrestled this year. Right. Angel Hancock out here in the streets against Lucas Sheridan, who wants to pin... Jaden Cox. Um, okay, so... Nasty headlock. It was nasty. Lefty. So, Final X is set. Um, we're starting to get closer to setting our team. On the international scene, Nomad, what's what are, what's the word? Like with Russia, Iran, how are their teams shaping up on the men's freestyle side? So, Russia, there... We were just looking at this yesterday. Their uh, trials are July 4th through 8th in Sochi. So July 4th weekend week, you can celebrate the great Russian festival of their national trials, which is always entertaining because there are... Assault rifles. Assault rifles, bottles thrown on mats. Uh, what else? Brawls. Brawls. One time, Bouvasar was punching lots of people. That was 2012. Mm-hmm. Never forget. Was it 12? Well, yeah. I don't know yeah, about that. Yeah, because it was Sargush, uh, Sargush um, Godoyev. Right. But what what was the one where what was the one where I think I think it was 08 where Satiev comes out and everybody's and he just raises his brother's hand and is like no 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 my brother wins you might be right because they had the two giant columns or yeah. the two giant uh, posters whatever you want to call it it was for Sargush and Satiev it was twelve yeah it's like no this has to be the finals it it did and so what happened was they made this giant like Nomad described like posters just hanging. They love these in like, international Like 30 wrestling. foot, 40 foot. Yes. Gigantic. Imagine the big green monster, but it's Dennis Sargush's face. That's basically <laughs> what we had. Okay. And so they basically, they had this when the tournament started. Meanwhile, Anwar Godoyev is like, wait, I entered this. Am I allowed to beat these guys? Turns out he was not allowed. He no. really kind of did beat Sargush. <laughs> or Saitiev, actually. Yeah. I, I can't remember which one it was. I'm pretty sure it was because uh, I don't think he would have beaten Sargush at that point. Um, but they said, no, you don't win. Oh, yeah, because that's why Bufasar would be involved yeah. because Adam. So, yeah, he raised his hand. There was a couple punches thrown. Russian, Russian scrambles and rise. Flow Wrestling was there. This was long before any of us were employed. Mm-hmm. Although, Bracky may have been an intern. I was in 2012. Um, I got to Austin a little bit after they got back from Russian Nationals. Wow. So, so you remember, got to see like, the raw footage. Yeah, I remember Joe Flow was, like, editing, like, the bit, it went like, it has like hundreds of thousands of views on YouTube. But Joe Flo did this Russian Nationals highlight of all the sickest moves and moments and stuff, and it, it blew up. We gotta go back. We gotta get back to Russian freaking Nationals. I wonder if they will be more, because at the time, uh, they still kind of. My understanding is they kind of didn't want us, but we. But we brought Tommy jeans. <laughs> we brought Tommy jeans, uh, but America wasn't good. 
And of course, we weren't like spies for America, but it's like, well, we can't allow the Americans in now. Well, sometimes we give coaches an entire hard drive full of Russian nationals wrestling matches. So, does that make us spies? <laughs> I don't think that makes us spies. I think Why are you incriminating us on just, national TV? On national TV, well, because I don't, I don't know how uh, big our Russian audience is, but if it is big, that's a, it's big know. on Instagram. Uh, anyway, so Russia's lineup, I'm kind of, I'm kind of worried about this year. Obviously, I think our team is going to be nails again. Uh, it's going to be a lot of the same guys. 57, Guev defending champ. 61, they got a hole. Um, they might be sending this guy Idrisov, who I'm not sure of. 65, they're sending Chikayev to Eurogames, who I'm sure many of us know Chikayev from wrestling Jo and Steber and, and a bunch of our guys. And they also have Rashidov, who's been Two-time uh, world silver. Where Beck Bulatov is? Um, he doesn't ever make the team. He doesn't. So, I just I count it's I count him out. But he's sixty-five, right? Yeah, but he don't make the team. Seventy rushes incredibly deep, and I mean they should be the favorite to win no matter who goes. Seventy-four, they obviously well, tell have. Well, tell Sabalov. Um, well, no, tell seventy they got Gazi Magomedov. Uh, Evgeny Zhirbaev, David Baev, who beat Ryan Deacon in the Junior World Finals a couple Dave years Bave? ago. Dave Bave? Dave Bave, Dave yep, Bave. as we call him here, belovedly. Uh, uh, Zhimalov, who is supposedly wrestling 74 this weekend at uh, Sasari, which I'm going to get to another possible weight move. And then there's one more that I can't think of top of my head. They have like five top 10 guys. Top 10-ish level guys. Uh, and Gazi's the Gazi's the defending champ. Um 74, they obviously have defending champ Sitikov, who beat Chimizo and Burroughs last year. Mm-hmm. 79. Should I be more scared of him than I am? Because I'm really like, yeah, Burroughs will beat him. Yeah, he's very hard to score on. Very hard to even sh- like get to his legs, like shoot on. Does yeah. not do anything spectacular, That's but 2-2 two, two wins are wins. I know, I'm, I know, but like Godoyev, I was like, that dude's got some stuff. Right. I am freaking nervous. And Sargush, a- that guy's got... I'm like, I don't know. He, he also doesn't do it for me eyeball test-wise. Yeah, and Godoyev, of course, is a brick ass house. Yes. So, like, physically imposing. Sitikov's not. He's kind of lanky. Um, 79, Gadji was hurt. He just mm-hmm. had surgery, so I'm not sure what they're going to do. So, like, 61 to 79 are kind of question marks for him. Uh, 86, they're sending Krugliev to, to Euro Games. He's really good. And supposedly, so... Vladislav Valiev, who you might remember from, Korean. yeah, from the the debacle at 2017 Worlds where he won and time expired, but ended up with getting a bronze medal. So he's registered at 86 for Sasari, but is, but the when the Russian Wrestling Federation website came out with the lineup for this weekend, they said he's going up to 92, and their world rep le- from last year's there at 92, and that guy Batterbek Sakulev was the only guy. Russia had, right, 10 guys, 10 weights. Sokolov was the only one that didn't wrestle for a medal. Dang. And in Russia, they have very thin patience. Like, if you don't wrestle for a medal, you, you, you kind of wasted your opportunity. So I'm curious if they're going to bump <coughs> Valia, if, if this is just like he doesn't want to cut weight, or if they're going to bump him up to 92 for Russian Nationals, try to get him on the team, and then let Krugliev and Nifanov figure it out at 86, because there's those two and Valiev go back and forth. 97 is obviously Sajulayev. Uh, and then 125 is Kizriev, who went 
uh, is is going to Euro Games, and at this point, Kizriev because Akul kind of going like this, yeah. and Kizriev might be a da very dangerous metal threat. Whereas the last two years he wasn't. Dang, that's not good. I don't yeah, like I, I like when Russia was like not that good at heavy. Yeah, you know it made no sense. Um, a funny thing, I started laughing because I thought about this Sajulayev thing. You know how. Uh, <laughs> It's so funny because we all know, like, they cheat with their ages, right? It's like a thing. And we all kind of thought Sajulayev went from a cadet world champ and next year won seniors and, like, teched his way to a title. I was like, really? He's 18? Okay, sure. So someone sends me this DM on Sajulayev's bir birthday, which was May 9th. Which is which important in Russia. R May 9th is the Russian Victory Day, World War II and all that stuff. So it's, a, it's an important day, and it's, it's quite a coincidence to be born on that day. It's 1 in 365. I'm not a math guy. Low probability of that happening. Now, so I went and looked up this old article that Brock had done back in 2015 about there's, – because there's a Facebook page with Sajaliah that says his birthday is October 6th something, some year. like three 93. Years, 93, right, which would make him – significantly older because they right now they're saying his birthday was in 96 so we had that October birthday then someone sends me this uh, this article about Sag Live in Russia like life.ru it's like a big it's a big it's a well-done article uh, lots of really good pictures in it and Sag is very smart he's like a super smart he's a really good student so they they have I guess his mom or someone is pointing to his report card and the way it works is there's all these columns and stuff. And there's all these names. So it was like basically the, the school grade book. And they point to it. And you can see that his birthday is like 10, 6. 93. Ni like 90. It may be in 92 because there's a discrepancy between the Facebook and the thing. So like they're, po they're literally accidentally pointing to his birthday, which reveals he's actually currently 26 and not 23. And it very clearly is his name. <laughs> Because in shorthand, I think it's I think it's it's Rashid Sajalayev in this. I don't think it's the full Abdul Rashid, but it's very clearly his name. And if you if you type in that name like in Google, like in in Russian with taken out Abdul, it will all of the links will point to Sajalayev, the the wrestler Sajalayev. And so I I don't know why this grade book from you know Dagestan Middle would lie. PS 113? <laughs> well, well, the thing that makes it so uh, obvious what it is, is well, there's a couple things. One, that it corroborates this Facebook fan page, which is pretty large, and like, I don't know, I don't know how you put the wrong birthday. Like, there's no, like, thing. And then, the fact that his fake birthday, why would you not just say, if they said his birthday was 10-6-96 or whatever, but like, okay, years, stuff, because like, discrepancies, Russia, documentation. But it's so obvious that they just are. Right, he will be a Russian hero, and his his birthday will be on Russian Victory Day. It's a great brand move. And you like to that point, you get it because so he was born in Serb, which if you look up on Google Earth is, I mean it's literally a village, right? It's it's in a mountain. There's probably thirty buildings there, um, and so there is possible there is a possibility that you know. His documentation isn't there, as Christian was just saying. Mm -hmm. But when you put all the pieces together of Russia, which somebody once told me 
that they had a conversation with uh, one of the Russians in I think the Indian Pro League, which means it might be Vinay. And it was basically like, oh, just plus three everyone. Oh, yeah. Plus three Gadisov, plus three Kabanalia, plus three on down the line. Yeah. Which would make sense because May 9th, 96 versus October 6th, 93, plus three. And you go, well, what's what's the big deal now that he's on the senior level? The big deal is that his shelf life is now – his yeah. career is now shorter. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so, yeah, if you're thinking, wow, he's 23, he could really – seven more amazing years probably and then maybe beyond that. But now if he's 26 now, I mean, how, how old are you, Kyle? I'll be 27 next week. Wow. And I'm not, I'm not going to tell him, but Kyle's lost his step. I'm going to say <laughs> I don't think so, man. I've been peeking on spike ball court. <laughs> that's true. You guys know, man. Kyle has some mind-blowing uh, plays. All right, so that's that's Russia. That's exciting. Any um, just globally interesting weight changes or anything going on? Like Aliyev, is he staying? Yeah, Ali, so, yeah, Aliyev's staying at 65. So it was kind of with the, the same-day weigh-ins, a lot of those guys changed weights last year. And you'll even see, I mean, freaking – Franklin Gomez, now he wasn't 60, you know, up till last year, but like, he's up to 74 now on same day weigh-ins. Yeah. So a lot of the those dang creamery. Yeah. It's freaking creamery. <laughs> so a lot of those guys changed weights <laughs> last year and are now like Kinchishvili's now 65 full time, um, because again we it went from went from day before weigh-ins like 14 hour weigh-ins to two same day same day same day two hour so two day weigh-ins. Two-hour weigh-ins. Um, yeah, so I don't think there's going to be a lot of – a whole lot of movement this year, which is kind of surprising because in 2015 – well, here's what it is. The smaller countries will not send non-Olympic weights. Like, I bet Cuba doesn't have anybody non-Olympic weights because they only want to fund those. So the brackets will be smaller, but the competition will probably be better than it was in 2015 in terms of the non-Olympic weights. Okay. Because you remember 6170 were – Sparse. Sparse. Talent-wise. But I don't think it'll be quite as bad this year. Okay. Could be good for us. Mm -hmm. We're going to send our best guy for sure. Uh, And so, you know, CP and I were talking about kind of going forward right after Final X. So with Russian Nationals, July 4th through 8th, and then the last ranking series event, the Yasudoyu, on the the following weekend. I believe it starts the 12th maybe. Um, And we're going to be sending some guys to that, right? Yes. Cool. So once the by the middle of July, everything will be set. We'll know all the seeds. We'll know Russia's team. We'll obviously know our team, probably, uh, through Final X. <coughs> so the whole table will be set, and then we have approximately two months to get you guys up to speed before Worlds. Which we will do. We'll do with amazing efficiency and accuracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Hey, there's some, there's some birthdays today. Um, today? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Shout out number one. Flow fam, our boy, our favorite dirt ball, behind the dirt ball, Mike Malinconico's birthday is today. Oh, he's 87 years old today. He's 87. Um, so happy birthday to Mike. Happy birthday to a, a, a very frequent question asker, a longtime listener, uh, Eric Bush at Eric underscore shrubbery. Uh, his birthday is also today. Happy birthday to him. Big wrestling fan. Appreciate you listening. And Ryan Piles. My brother. Oh. Big birthday day. So get those out of the way. We don't normally do birthday shout-outs, but, you know, I had one of the mics, and then, you know what, we'll just, we'll just get them all out there. 
Any more? Bracky, you got any birthdays yeah. you need to... Bracky, when's your birthday? Isn't it in May? Next Wednesday. Oh, my gosh. It's like a little full like birthday run here. CP, Mike, then me. Oh, yeah. Mine's, mine's not for a while. Yeah, you got yeah. a while. Yeah, I'm sure... <laughs> You're you're most likely to have like a birth certificate birthday discrepancy. <laughs> and we could find out you're older or younger or something. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, I went reverse, Danny Almonte. I went younger. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, Wait, that's what he did. Oh uh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, no, I was Danny Almonte. No, no, no. I'm saying I entered school at a young age. Oh, okay. You put yeah. yourself at disadvantage. I graduated high I school when I was 17. I should have. I, I don't know. I wouldn't do it. But I've really, I've considered like, man, I should have just held both my kids back. Double kindergarten. Redshirt them early. Right. My kids are so little, too. They There's, are They are small. They are. Like, you don't even, you don't realize, yeah, they're a little kid. Of course they're little. But then you see them among their classmates. It's like, oh, my gosh. You look so little. That is the jarring thing because when I go home to see my nephew, I'm like, oh, okay, you got taller. But I'm like, I have no uh, frame of reference of where he is in terms of his classmates. I'm like, I don't know, he could be tall for his age. He could be, he seems tall and skinny, but yeah. I mean, my oh. my brother and his wife are short, so I don't Can know I why he'd be that. talk about this? Lockhaven adding a women's program. Oh yeah. How Let's huge that. is that? And Lee Spencer Lee had a great, great tweet after that, which I'll read to you. He quote tweeted the USA Wrestling tweet about Lockhaven. Iowa is wrestling. I hope we follow suit. It would change wrestling forever and for the better at the Iowa Hawkeyes. That would be like one of the bigger dominoes to come. Oh, we may have guests. Uh-oh. We got company. We, we set up the table, Nomad. Oh yeah, the backpack is here. Can confirm. And he has a backpack. And he has a backpack. He's looking huge. <laughs> What's up, Ethan? What's up, man? Good to see you. Good, with you? the Nomad here. We're looking at Spencer Lee's tweet, sorry. He, uh, Lockhaven added wrestling. Spencer's excited about it, so we are too. Welcome to Austin. Yeah. So glad you could come. What have you been up to since uh, get this closer you're to no it. longer a uh, uh, college wrestler, no longer at Minnesota? Um, I've just been getting back into a little bit like practicing and stuff. I was out for a while because oh, of my dang. knee. Like, I, I blew it up really bad after my 7th, 8th place match against Roman Bravo. So I was actually in the ER like that night. No kidding. Because it was That's like the good. size of like a softball. I couldn't bend it at all. What was it? What was the deal? Um, like, like I think staff? it was just like, yeah, it was infected with some, so they were like pumping like, just like IVs into me, and then it was like just filled up with blood, so they had to take like a giant like needle like that big, and just like jam in there and like, wow, suck all the blood out. You so, guys can't see it, but there is a definitely a scar on yeah, his left yeah, knee. It's, it's big. Holy smokes! So you're you're now at the pin RTC. Yep. Right. So talk about talk about that move and what what's like kind of your next steps here. Um, I'm just really excited to get to work with Slay. I mean, he's a great coach. He knows a lot, and he was uh, actually one of my coaches when I was on the world team. Oh yeah. Him and uh, uh guy's name. Um, but yeah, he was one of my coaches. So I've gotten to work with him quite a bit, and. I came in over the summer last year, and I was wrestling with my brother, so got to work with him. He showed me some stuff and learned a lot, and excited to move forward and get Philly wrestling. Yeah. You know. Kind of back a little closer to home. That's got to be nice as yeah. well. Yeah. So, yeah, you finished your career at Minnesota, three-time All-American, awesome career. Any uh, particular highlights or things you're going to miss about 
about college wrestling or any particular matches you're like, man, that was like one of my favorites ever? Um, I think just being able to backpack guys. I'm gonna miss that, <laughs> but I mean, I'm not. I got my high gut now. Which oh, really? Is like, is, is that, uh, is my that, high gut's the new, the new top thing. Because I was noticing, you know, a lot of really good top folk style guys, it doesn't always immediately translate. Like, Zane Rutherford had, like, 38 hours of riding time his senior year, but he's, like, not really turning guys at a super high level. But you think it's going gonna, it's gonna to translate well for you? Yeah, I think that's, like, what I originally based, like, my turns off of. I kind of, like... In freestyle, like, I, I first started doing, like, high guts, and then I kind of switched from the high gut to, like, the backpack and folk style. So it was, like, I think that will, like, nice. help a lot. Yeah. Will you try to choose top in the second period? <laughs> I mean, I wish I could. <laughs> For, you're just going to try to get guys in force parterre and, and get on top. Well, that's awesome, man. That's cool. Um, I forgot that he was on the world team. Mm-hmm. So 2013, 50 kilos classic so of course you know everybody makes a joke about your weight when was the last time was that the last time you saw 50 because i'm assuming it's the last time we're gonna see 133 for a while was this year too oh yeah, yeah. what's your international weight sorry to interrupt um i'm probably between like 61 65 depending nice. but uh i'll probably end up going 61 i think nice i was like around like high 40s low 50s like last week so okay you know, not not too big. That's not bad. I was a lot bigger last year after 25. <laughs> so. We saw you at who's number one that October. We were like, dang. Yeah. Yeah, never going to be a 25 again. Or no, it was Final X, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because I was wrestling with Sanders. That's right. Dealing with them. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. So, um, graduated from Minnesota. Um, what was it like being a part of that program? Um, I think the... Just the atmosphere with the coaches and wrestlers, like we were all really close this year. I feel like even some of the new guys come in, like Sean Russell and you know Gable. Like we were all just, I mean, I, we all kind of felt like brothers. And when we went out there, like we didn't just wrestle for ourselves; we wrestled like for our teammates and stuff. And I think that's that strong bond we had is what made us wrestle so well, like at nationals and just throughout the year. So that's awesome. Yeah. And how did you develop your your style on top? You were you were good on top as I mean, my first memories were when you got your Richard pool as a true freshman, and I was like, whoa, this guy's really tough from the top position. So obviously, it was something you had probably uh, coming into Minnesota. But how did you get and develop your style? Because it's really y- unique. Yeah. Well, originally, Jay, like when my first year here, like he had us do like hour long goes. <laughs> so just like a straight hour mm-hmm. so like it might take me like a couple minutes to get a takedown and that'd be on top for like 50 to 55 minutes so i just <laughs> oh had all that time to work on and just play in different positions and stuff so i just over time like i just figured it out who was your poor drill partner yeah um they'd switch up every day oh like it wouldn't gosh. be the same guy because that would that'd be rough just every single day like on bottom 50 minutes oh my word that's awesome i want to i want to talk about you were known for whatever we you know we call it peaking but your regular season results it seemed like they never affected you at the national tournament where you would get beat by a guy you know, i especially think of like the nato match and then you're much closer with him or you'd be seated you know low and then overperform where did that come from was that part of 
you know, come up to the Minnesota program? Is that something you had even when you were younger? Um, I think that's just kind of like me. Like when when I whenever I get to nationals, you kind of just like you know get that feeling. You're like looking throughout the arena, just taking it all in, and I think that helps a lot. And I just know like. When I wrestle so in the season, like, I'm going to progress throughout the season. I make a lot, like, adjustments pretty well, I think, just from wrestling a guy the first time to, like, the second, third. And I try and always, like, get a little bit closer every time I wrestle him. And I, I think just not focusing on, like, the wins and losses and just, like, knowing that all you can really do when you go out there is just do your best and just put it all out there on the mat. And if you do that, you can't really – be upset with your results and I think every year at nationals that's what I end up doing and you know I'm pretty proud of how I finished all yeah. three years yeah for sure a lot of people say that though like a lot of people say what Ethan just said but he actually was able to to do it which that to me very impressive yeah so um what, what you got planned today is Bader clued you in on like what the what you're gonna be up to today here at flow yeah um Doing this, I uh, gotta do some techniques, some top oh, stuff, show some of that, uh, some like videos. Nice, nice. Stories. I'm sure Bay yep. has got stories. Your little backpack skit this afternoon. Oh, backpacks. Now, has Jansport reached out about a potential <laughs> endorsement? Um, or are you in talks? Maybe you can't disclose that. Yeah, yeah, we're. <laughs> All right, we're still discussing. All right, good, good. Well, make sure you get what you're what you're worth there. Um, double strap it. Well, man, it's awesome uh, having you in town. I'm really pumped you could swing by and stop uh, stop in on the show. You got anything anything else before we let Bader take you on? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. Sweet. Well, yeah. you were always one of our favorites, Ethan. We love watching you wrestle. Um, had some of the most exciting matches. That pitching any match still sticks out to me as like yeah, that's, an amazing one. That's going to be one of my all-time that favorites. That was crazy. Me that and Bracky was... were in the building for that one. Oh, man. That was a good one. I bet it wasn't super loud. <laughs> yeah, it, was, <laughs> it got quiet pretty quick. It was, yeah, it was pretty crazy that match. Like, I was the second last match, and I'm like, just, yep. you know, just waiting on deck, and no one on my team is like one yet. So I was like, oh crap. Oh, like, is that right? Yeah, would that like, have been we were about, out? we would have been shut out if I didn't pull that off. So they were, they were like, I, I was, it was like seven zero or eight zero. Like I was losing to him, and I was just looking at Sanders, and I was like. All right, I gotta, I gotta turn it around <laughs> or do something. And I just remember I had like, after every match, I have like, you know, a Reese's or something just waiting for me in the locker room. And I was just thinking, bomb, like, I can't have this after this match if I lose this. So I gotta, I gotta come through and get this win so I can have my, you know, Reese's pieces so after. That. That's so what motivated me for the win. Yeah. Dang. So it was the Reese's pieces that got him. Yep. Sorry, pitch. He had to have his, his sweet fix. Well, you earned it. You earned the full bag. I say king size on that one. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because that was quite a comeback. Well, sweet. Ethan, thanks so much yep. for stopping by. Thanks we'll see you around. Me. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoy thanks, your time man. here in Austin. Thank you, Ethan. The one and Lezak. only backpack. Minnesota's three time All American, Ethan Lezak. That was awesome. For the He did it for the pieces. That's amazing. I'm going to move this chair. It's great. It it's great radio here. Great radio. Shoving the, sh moving the furniture around. Okay, Kyle Brackey. Yes. There's been there's been a lot of hype around this. Mm -hmm. There's documents. You've got receipts. I think it's time. There's no time like now. Following up the Reese's Pieces, which is E.T.'s favorite food. 
as we all know, our favorite childhood alien. Now we're going to transition to Kyle Brackey's Alien Hour, and I cannot wait for this one. All right, so like CP said, it's been like a month kind of teasing this one, but I needed to take time to uh, not only read through the police report I was sent, but also watch uh, a documentary, and I wanted to make sure I had all of it before coming to you with it. And now we're finally ready. Um, so we'll start with the police report. And this takes place in uh, wonderful Gary, Indiana. Oh, yeah. lovely. Yes. Um, but in, in what is crazy about this is it's such a wild story, but there's like a handful of police officers and um, CPS workers that are willing to put their name on this report oh, and like say that this stuff happened. So that's what's pretty wild about it. And then like you read if, cause obviously the public doesn't have this police report and this was leaked to me, but wow. if you were, leaked if you were to watch documents, the, yeah, if you were to watch a documentary, all these people in the, that are in this police report are on the documentary as well. So they're like on camera saying this stuff too, but you, I don't know. You never really know if people mm -hmm. what, like how much they could be exaggerating and everything but it literally all matches up and the police report was done before the documentary so it's pretty crazy um take us to gary <clears throat> yeah so we'll go to gary this is april 27th 2012 um a couple i don't want to say their names a couple uh police officers were dispatched uh to a house to help uh a cps worker do a uh just like home walkthrough uh two children have been taken away from the mom that lived there uh, for educational neglect and then they also had like bruises on their bodies so they thought there might be some child abuse and the oh. mom claimed that the bruises were caused by demon demons throwing the children against walls so they're like okay well this is pretty weird yeah um agreed so let's send some officers out there um and actually a little bit before that this is written a little out of order but they met the when the kids were taken away the police officers met the mother at the hospital and when they were at the hospital on uh, April 19th so about a week before that um, the CPS worker and staff psychologist met with the boys uh, who were taken away and their grandmother in an exam examination room when the CPS worker and the staff psychologist were speaking with the family one of the boys stood up and walked towards the center of the room the boy's eyes rolled back into his head and he began to growl in a very deep and low voice. Oh boy. The boy's grandmother took a hold of the boy's hand and said, you are not you. The boy slowly walked backwards until he reached the wall in the examination room. The boy placed both feet on the wall and began walking up the wall while his grandmother had a hold of his hands. Oh. When the boy reached the ceiling, he flipped backwards over his grandmother and landed in front of her. The CPS worker and the staff psychologist were like, we're out of here. And they just, like, left the room immediately. I see him smart. And then they went and told, like, other people in the hospital what they just saw. The doctor, a doctor runs in the room and tells the boy to do that again. And he replies he didn't do anything. And it was like he was back to the himself. The boy was back. Yeah. And he had no idea what he had just done. So, so then that led... This is a clear case of demon possession. Yeah, that led the officers then to go do the home visit with the CPS worker that was yeah, there you're, you're at the hospital. Um, so they meet the mother at the house, and she refuses to go in. She's like, no, I'm done with that house. 
not going in. And so she's like, you guys go in on your own. So uh, they go in and they, they audio recorded all of it and they took pictures, a bunch of pictures. Um, and one of the craziest things is they take a picture uh, in the basement. Um, the basement was finished, like it was a cement floor, except right. an area underneath the stairs was like a little square that was dirt. So that area of the house wasn't finished. There was just this dirt uh -huh. section there. Um, sorry, I'm trying to find the place here. Oh, so they took a photograph of the basement stairs um, and they didn't realize this until after they got the pictures developed and everything, but the photograph shows a white cloud-like image in the upper right-hand corner of the photograph just behind the third step leading up from the basement. The lower half of the image is cut off by the third step. It appears the image is just behind the third step in the photograph. When the image is enlarged, it resembles a face. Oh, no. So that is literally from the police officers and the picture that they took. This isn't some weirdo on Ghost Hunters. No. This is like a squared away cop. Yes. That's like, uh, that's a face in yeah. the picture. Can we... Uh... In addition to all the stuff we just mentioned. Yeah, in yeah. addition to the wall walking and grandma and this whole situation with the voice. Yep. Okay, so this is, this is a, a mounting evidence of some bad stuff going on. Yep, so then there is a second image that was discovered just slightly to the left of the white cloud-like image in the photograph. The second image is green in color and it appears to be a female. Several attempts to explain these images were unsuccessful. Uh, this, they go on to explain that they went back and looked at the stairs to see if there was any discoloration or something had been spilled on the stairs and there wasn't. There's nothing on the wall behind the stairs that would lead to it showing up as a different color in the picture or there's no there's not photos or anything hanging on the wall behind the stairs um then several days later uh the lieutenant was doing his report and uh was listening back to the audio that they were recording the whole time oh in uh the house and it says the lieutenant and captain are clearly heard on their recording uh, a third unknown voice is present in the audio recording though the unknown voice whispers hey into the digital voice recorder the unknown voice was recorded using Olympus Digital Voice Recorder. So that he uses this, goes on to say, he uses this all the time to record statements, telephone conversations. The device has never malfunctioned, done anything like this before. Yeah. Um, so then a few days later, uh, the police officers speak with Father, a, fa uh, a priest. I don't want to say his name. Um, but he's a church there outside, uh, the pastor of a church outside Gary. And he says that, uh, about a week prior, he'd stayed at the residence for about four hours uh, while speaking with the mother um, and the mother's sister. And while he was there, the bathroom light began to flicker on and off while they were sitting in the living room. And anytime he would walk into the room, it would stop. It would just stay on. But as soon as he would step out, it would start joining it again. Um, he also witnessed uh, just water just run down blinds of windows and there was nothing above it or anything that could cause uh, this water to run down the windows. Um, this is bad. Yeah, oh, it's not good. Uh, so then they, in May... This early, house has got to go. Yeah, in early May, they're dispatched there again. Uh, this time they took a canine uh, to walk through the house. He didn't detect anything. Um, but they found more water again coming from the blinds and then this time 
to actually like, th so they dry it and then they shut the door and sealed the door and then they did other stuff around the house and then a half hour later they came back and the water was back. So they were like trying to like. And there's no way, no, right. nothing the water could have been Right, from. so they were trying to just eliminate all possibilities that it could be anything, so. Um, let's see here. What just do they do with these people in the house? And then like a lot of the people that would go into the house, like the one CPS worker, and there's a picture of this in the documentary, but she like touched a, a cabinet and then like her hand that she touched the cabinet with started like going numb and it swelled up. And like in the picture you can see it's just like blood red and it's bigger than it should be. Um, so people would just, they get headaches, they just feel awful wow. whenever they would go into this house. And so that's kind of the gist of the police report. They kind of go through all of the stuff that I was talking about. And then watching the documentary, it's pretty crazy. So this guy named uh, Zach Baggins heard about this house because it, it, I didn't hear about it at the time, but it made kind of national news because um, this mother was claiming all this stuff. Yeah. And uh, this Zach Baggins guy, he's the guy that does ghost adventures on okay. the Travel Channel. He Nomad heard about this that. house. Nomad interned on, on ghost adventures. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he heard about this house and he buys it. He's he bought like, it. Yeah. Oh, my God. He buys it. He's like, I'm going to figure out what's going on here. And so he uh, obviously has a film crew because of Ghost Adventures, and he mm -hmm. takes the crew there to Gary, and they interview all these people that are mentioned in the police report. So there's literally, like, one of the police officers in this report is a chief of police. There's another lieutenant and another captain. So they're pretty high up. Yeah. And they interview both CPS workers that are involved. Um, and they don't actually talk to the family. The family didn't want to be a part of it. Um, but so he buys the house, he talks to all these people, they walk him through all this stuff, and uh, crew members start like feeling awful. Like one of them quits, just leaves. Oh boy. He's like, I don't like the way I felt in that house. It was making me feel like crap. Another one like went off the deep end, and they like literally had to fire him because he was like acting so off the wall. And then he. I would never have done this, even if there is nothing with the house. It just would have scared the crap out of me. He literally locked himself in the house for 24 hours. Oh, my gosh. Like, he had them put boards over the windows, doors, and exits so he couldn't get out. And he was the only person in there. This and then he just filmed it. And, like, he has all these um, recordings of stuff happening in the house that night. And then you said that house had to go. He tore it down. <laughs> He was like, no, this house needs to go. Oh, my word. So the theory is is that the dirt that was in the basement, because that's where everything kind of seemed to center out of was uh -huh. the basement. And the family that lived there, because that's where they started to experience stuff, they literally put um, a Bible downstairs and was opened, I think Psalm 22 it said. Uh -huh. And they just had it down there at all times. But everything seemed to center from the basement, and they think that the dirt there was some kind of like portal almost portal to where hell but no so another interesting thing I didn't mention from their police report is they actually dug in that dirt a little bit because they were like what the heck is this and they went about three feet down and they found uh, a couple like clip-on like women's fingernails uh -huh. some child's toys and um, women's underwear oh boy so yeah pretty weird stuff but Highly encourage you to check out the documentary. It's called Demon House. You can watch it on YouTube. It's with that Zach Baggins guy. Um, 
that talks to literally Did all these. Did he talk about his night staying there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It has he has video from all that. It's it's. Cre- I finished watching it like the last half hour in the airport on the way back from Beat the Streets. Of course. And it was broad daylight. Like I was sitting around all these people, and I was freaked out. Like I was getting chills. I was like looking around me, thinking I swore I saw stuff. It's creepy stuff. Dang. Well, I'm not gonna watch it. But. He literally says at the beginning of the documentary, he's like, this documentary's cursed. <laughs> <laughs> it took him like, he said it took me like three years to finish it. He's like, it didn't take me hardly any time to shoot it, but like actually like finish it and like edit it. He's like, it took me like three years because it just messed with me that much. Oh my gosh. Is the name of the documentary Demon House? Yes. Okay. Demon House. Oh boy. All right. I hope this lived up to expectations. It did. Well, it's scared the crap out of all of us. Yeah. Freaking Sam Herring is probably going to have nightmares <laughs> now, thanks to you. Sorry, Sam and Jude. I, I was also told that the water was apparently oil. Yeah, it was like an oil-like substance. Right, okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, great for hydrating. They speak with the, the priest, too, in the documentary. They, they covered all the Dude, bases. Are we, are, are we, do we all uh, believe in demon possession? Yeah. I do. Yeah, it seems very real. So, it's hold on, we need a KBDR on this. Oh, oh, boy. Well, now, I think now the house is gone. Like, I don't, I don't, I would still not visit that area. I would not go to where that Gary, house, Indiana house is was. a 10 for the KBDR yeah, in general. That's true. Just be just, well, just, just DR. Just DR. Just the DR. Yeah. So, that, yeah, that's, like, the highest you can get. Like, if you were to put, it's, like, Demon House is 10. And like zeros, maybe like dog man, dog man, yeah, because there's like almost yeah. no reported attacks, right? But okay. I think it's pretty good now that the house is gone. If it was still there, because you know, there'd be some hardo that would try to live there, yeah, for like maybe a day, yeah. That's like the like this land was or this property was built on a Native American burial ground, like those, like you know, that cliche, except. There's a demon boy in the house. I can't believe they zoned it that you could build on a, a hell portal. Normally it's like, right. you know, floodplains, hell portals. You can't build on them no matter what. But this one, Gary, all bets are off. You know, Indiana, their their hell portal codes are very loose. They're very antiquated, I found. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, maybe it's really easy to get to get a license to build on a hell portal. Mm-hmm. Just like you know how in you know in Austin you can get beer anywhere, right? Liquor license is like like a joke to get like just joke. like comes to just comes with the building. The, the hell portal the hell laws in, in Indiana are very, as you said, antiquated. They, they leave a lot to be desired. Okay, solid alien hour. Best one yet. It was good. A little scary. I'm not going to lie. Oh, it is. Demon possession is scary stuff. Okay. Um, got questions. Uh, I want to talk to them. And you were late. Them. Huh? You were late. I'm good. On the asking the questions. Oh, I know. I forgot. I, f- I forgot. David Bray, we got we hired a uh, not we, Flo hired a, a new guy named David Bray. You may know him if you're a wrestling fan on Twitter. Uh, he's really funny, but he did our Wyoming duels and he's done stuff with Flo for years, probably longer than all of us actually. He's yeah, been doing stuff for a long time, but now he works here and he's staying with us. So uh, we were having some fun. So got a little, got my schedule off a little. Question from Dan Nerdall. <clears throat> Don't that's messed up, man. <laughs> he yelled at me after the first time we had we had a question from Dan Nerdall. I I like him. He's a good guy. Whatever. Allegedly. 
Why does it seem if guys win a tournament hurt, the public praises them, but if they lose and say they were hurt, it comes across to the public as an excuse? Well, because maybe it's like an excuse. Sometimes it is an excuse. It's an excuse. That's why. And the public's going to praise them because, man, you know what? Like, Alex Derringer was so jacked up a year ago, apparently, and no one knew about it, right? I mean, I just think that's the way that – I mean, it's just – I don't know. I don't even know what to say. Like, it, the people think it's an excuse. I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, <laughs> disclosing injury information or, like, hey, I'm having surgery, you know? Because, you know, that's happened before, but I don't know. I just think it's – I don't know. We, we're so secretive as a community with information, sort of. We Some things are not well-kept secrets. Other things are. But I don't know. I think it's okay to just be like, hey, I'm hurt, and it's not an excuse. Like, I, just, I was hurt. Everybody's hurt. All right. This is my favorite question, uh, and I want to do it now because I don't want to wait for our lives to be over. Okay, Anthony T. Rank the final X matchups in order of which you're most confident of the winner to, to the least. This question includes current injury status, i.e. DT and maybe potentially, probably, definitely date. So, which um, we could go around and quickly do this for men's freestyle. What are we most confident in? I believe that Kyle Snyder over Kyvin Gadsden is the number one most likely thing to happen. Vigorous head nod to the yes. Agreed. Okay. Number two, it's already hard. This, this is already now difficult. I would say this is tough because with health considerations, I don't know. But I'll still say David Taylor over Pat Downey if it happens. Mm, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's... Dude, I'm like out. I don't even know. I'll say this one. This could be disrespectful. But I'll say I'm most confident in James Green over Ryan Deacon. Third oh, most you're, confident. You're crazy. I'm, I'm going. I'm crazy. I'm going. I'm crazy. I'm going Burroughs Imar here. Oh, jeez, yeah. Burroughs Imar. Burroughs Imar. I didn't even say that. Edit it out. But that should probably be before Downey TT, right? Burroughs Imar? No, I don't think so. You don't so. think so? No. Okay. No. But I will say Imar. Well, it's your list. You, you could be right, Bracky. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can change it. Anyway, but I'm going to say I think Imar's a different guy this year, and we're probably going to end up doing some content about it. But well, I still think it's it's all Burroughs, mm-hmm. but I don't think it'll be as much of a mismatch as it was last year, and I think just Imar in general going forward is going to be more of a thing. Even still, you say mismatch. I'm pretty sure Burroughs was uh, well, Imar yeah. was within a takedown to win the match. It was 4-1 in the first one, and then well, the the thing was he got a, he got a lace in the – in the second one. Okay, maybe I'm misremembering. Jordan Bros frequently I'd like to actually do an article on this. Jordan Bros frequently match one is a little closer. Match two, he steamrolls people. He figures stuff out. Now the caveat there is the twenty thirteen I think it was twenty thirteen Dake second match. Yeah. Okay. And of course the twenty seventeen Dick match. Alright, you know what? I'll figure it out later. Well yeah. Don't hold him to it. Number three, four for me, I'll say now green over Deacon. What would be yours? I don't know what to make of. There's a few I don't know what to make of. I don't know what to make of Cologne Graf. With Tyler Graf match to match, you're crazy. I'll tell you what mine is. Tell me. Jaden Cox over Bo Nickel. Oh, boy. 
That is bold, sir. That is bold. We well, you know, we talked a couple episodes back about people not putting respect on Jaden's name, and I'm gonna put some respect on Jaden's name. I don't think backing this up to like eight or nine on the list is disrespecting Jaden Cox. Saying he can't beat Bo Nickel would be disrespectful, but like we're power ranking confidence. No, I know I'm that confident that Jaden's gonna beat Bo. Wow. Okay. All right, Kyle Brack, you get involved here. What do you think? Mm, I don't feel that confident in that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would maybe. Mm, I'm supremely confident in Yanni. Yeah, that's my next one. That yep, that's my next one. Yanni over Zane. I know I just, Zane's really good, but it's Yanni. I know I said that a lot in folk style season, but I just I feel like that with every match he ever wrestles. He's pretty. He's kind of magical. Um, the one thing that gives me a little pause is the Penn State thing. Right. Like, Kale Cody Casey, really good. They got they can focus for a month basically on this one dude, but what do you focus on? Okay, coaches, what are you focusing on now that you've got Yanni Diakum Hollis? Finishing leg attacks, maybe, maybe it's that, but I, I don't know. There's there's because I guess the reason I'm saying this is Yanni is like so multifaceted, like there's not a, a problem you can solve. It's like okay, I'll take away Jaden's single leg. All right, well maybe, but. There's not like a thing with Yanni. Like, what's his thing? His thing is just stop his wrestling in totality. Stop his wrestling in totality thing. Which maybe there is, you know, if anyone could figure it out, it's those dudes. But I just think it's gonna be tough. Hold on, because I wanna, I wanna maybe put these out on Twitter. Okay, so so far, (coughs) CP, you have gone Snyder. Mm -hmm. Are you sticking with Taylor as your? Yeah. Okay. Taylor's gonna yell at me. Taylor Burt, look, he can yell out. He, he, he can yell out. He's Look, he's going to wear the black hat this whole time. He's going to be the underdog. He's going to be the villain. And he's going to love every second of it. Yeah. I know. I know. All right. So, Snyder, Taylor Burroughs. Green. Green Yanni. Green Yanni. Okay. So, we're halfway through for you. And then, Bracky, uh, you're going Snyder, Burroughs? Yeah. Snyder, Burroughs, Taylor? Yeah. And then, who's your four? Mm-hmm. Is your four Yanni? Let's do it. And then who's your five? Uh, give me Green over Deacon. Okay. All right. Sorry, I just wanted I wanted to start tracking these. I didn't feel like going back and listening. So I, don't, I don't I don't know who's gonna win some of these. So confidence That's order the thing. gets really tough. <laughs> I'll say you know I'll say this one. Dayton over Gilman. Give me that one next. Okay. I have Gwiz over Gable next. And that's what I'll go with too. Never mind. I don't know about all that. I'm about to get yelled at again. Everyone's just we're, gonna yell at me. Okay. Well, first of all, we're <laughs> just gonna get yelled at. We're into level six, which, which is that sounds kind like a hell not, portal. Yeah, which is kind of <laughs> yeah. not that confident. Yeah. And I'll even I'll even well I kind of don't know if I'm this. gonna pick quiz. That's fine. You don't you don't require to. I know that. Um, I know. I'm go. I'm picking. I'm not picking it yet, but um, all right. So my next one, I'll say Cologne over Graf. Okay. Because Cologne, because yeah, Cologne. No, yeah, I'll take Cologne over Graf. Uh, so my number seven is James Green over Ryan Deacon. Hmm. Okay. Bracky. Uh, let me look at Lincoln. It's hard. Um. I'll do Cologne Graph. 
Okay. The, the Dake Ringer one's really tough. Mm-hmm. I, I Just don't, to pick I, the winner. You I mean, don't right? know who to pick. Right. So I don't know who to pick with that one. I don't know who to pick with Gwiz. Um, next one, I'll take Jaden over Bo. All right, so you're level eight, or I guess reverse level three. Reverse level three. <laughs> Is is Jaden? You just said that casually, like that's a thing. Yeah, like there's levels, and obviously reverse level. Well, because it's because it's like because he said one through ten. I I think it's pretty clear what it is. It's reverse (laughs) level three. You don't have to explain it. My my level eight reverse level three is fix over Gilman because while Dayton won the open, um, he won it in a weird way with the grounded situation and. Uh, Gilman's still two and zero or two and one against him, so I'm picking Fix, but I'm third least confident about it. He had to score. He scored. He had. He gave up a bogus two. Um, that's kind of what. I, was no, like. I I hear that. D- Thomas doesn't shoot. What was Thomas talking about in his interview when he's like, I need to read the officials better? He mentioned it twice. I don't know what that means. I don't either. He said he needs to read the officials? Yes. Well, see, that to me, I think Gilman, maybe more so than anybody except, I don't know, Burroughs, is great at game planning matches and tactics and, like, literally mapping out an entire match. And I think he, I don't know, probably takes that stuff very seriously where he's like, all right, how are they going to call these things in the match? Call what? Like the only thing that's I don't know. I mean, I don't think the role they put on the clock first or something. I don't. I don't know what he's talking about. It's not like he gave up a penalty point for hands to the face. It's not like I mean the shot clock was pretty normal for his matches. I just don't understand. I mean, I don't. I don't know that there's anything that like we would agree with, but I think that's what his message was. Okay. Now to the role. I mean, if Dayton waits on that any longer than he does, they could go. Two Gilman there and then two fix. Right. That was it was an interesting scenario. So I think Dayton wins, but I'm not super confident. My so next right. one would be Dayton Gilman okay. too. Dayton over Gilman. Okay. And then um I guess I I don't know if I'm even gonna pick Dake with all the information or lack thereof <laughs> that swirls about. Um I will say well I think I I picked all of Final X Lincoln now. So now I'm just down to Rutgers. You're down to Gable Gwiz and Dake Ringer. Oh, my gosh. I may change this. You can't – you literally cannot That's make literally me, how unconfident you are. Yeah, you can't make me – you can't make me pick this. But I'll go Steveson and Ringer. Okay. Y'all won't, though. So my – Number nine, reverse level two, is Cologne over Graf because, to your point, I, who knows how that one – that could be 4-2. Yeah. It could be 17-13. to 13. Oh, It'll be a high-scoring one, I think. Like, I no idea. No idea how that's going to go. But I think Cologne is better. And also the thing I said last show where I, Graf – talent-wise, if Graf made the team, I'd be stoked. I'd be like, yeah, cool, this guy can turn people like great. But I just – I haven't seen him do it. So I'm right. going to pick Cologne. Yeah. Also, we haven't seen Cologne really make a team either. <laughs> Technically true, but then he got no a bronze point. medal. So yeah, I know. It's but then he just lost t- to a college kids. So, ah. um, but he beat Bond. All right, we're gonna be back and forth on this one. All I right. don't know. Uh, Kyle Bracky. Uh, so then my ninth reverse two. Is that how you're saying it? Yeah, level nine reverse level two. Okay. Um, will be uh, Jaden over Nickel. 
So you are not very confident that Jaden beats Bo. I'm just not going to dismiss Bo Nickel like that. That's that's fair. That guy is so freaking good. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Uh, okay, my last one is Dake over Ringer. 50.1 to 49.9%. Yeah. I'm that way, just but for Ringer. Just because... I'm with Dake. Yeah. I'm really picking against Kyle Dake. Against yeah. not Jordan Burroughs. Yeah. Just last show... I just said that on the show where people can watch. Yeah. It's not just me and the homies. No. It's like... I mean, just last show... Are you... Gonna, are you, are you Pretty sure you're gonna upload the show. Will I upload the show? Yeah, yes. you're gonna put, all right, crap. So it's out there, huh? All right. So it's so it's all of our level ten or reverse level one confidence. You're the only one that picked Ringer, mm-hmm. and it sounds like you were very conflicted about it. Oh, I'm so extremely cool. conflicted about it because of Ringer's been absolutely. You are the reason I'm so freaked out because yeah, Dake hasn't wrestled. You just keep bringing that up. I'm like, man, he hasn't wrestled. He hasn't wrestled. And. Alex Daringer is better than he was last year, and last year he beat Kyle Dake at the U.S. Open, sort of. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Mike and I got an argument yesterday about that match. What about it? He thinks the 2-2 two and two call was correct. I think it should have been 2-1. and one. I think it should have been 2-1, too. But maybe not. But maybe, maybe not. I am in no way dismissing Ringer here. I just think it's Kyle Dake. And unless Kyle Dake is wrestling Jordan Burroughs, yeah, right? You got to – I'll change my mind four times. We'll see We'll see how I'm feeling. Right, this is a preliminary Yeah, pick. this is very pl- preliminary. Thank you. You know what? Also, I'm glad – so – I'm not peaking yet for final X yeah. predictions. I'm, I'll peak when it's time. Bracky, is it Herb Street on College Game Day that will make picks for matches he's – or uh, games he's calling? Correct. See, CP doesn't do any of that nonsense. He he will completely show favoritism. As to well, no, that's not favoritism. <laughs> I know. That's not favoritism. I don't have to mess with you. Um, that is not favoritism. Well, I don't yeah. think ESPN lets him. I'm sure he wouldn't oh, mind. Oh, yeah, they probably don't let him. Yeah, I'm sure he wouldn't mind making a pick. I just, I like, if you make, I don't know. I just don't see any problem with being like, I think this team will win. However, I will call it completely neutrally. Yeah. Like, if he's calling an Ohio State game, I bet in his head he wants Ohio State to win because he went there. Sure. Like, you can't turn off biases and subjectivity. All right. Uh, next question. We did that. That was quite a question. That was great. Yeah, that's great, right? Um, anytime I feel internal pain, I know, <laughs> I know it was a great question. Uh, Indiana Matt, rank the flow personalities by how long it would take Brayton Lee to gas them. Well, Willie would gas first, mm-hmm. Space second. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm worried if Spade would guess before Willie. Oh, okay. He might. <laughs> no. No way. He got one spike ball game in him. No, yeah. No, true. I played two with him. We didn't win, but he did not show signs of fatigue. Right, I played so three with him, and he showed signs of fatigue. <laughs> but I think he lasts longer than Willie. I do. Right. Yeah. Then it gets tougher. I would go me next, but I don't know if yeah. I would even I don't know if I would even guess because he wouldn't be I mean, he wouldn't be down Edo. Um, well, it's just. But I would go me next. I just be like, God, this is this. No, he's sucks. just gonna be taking you down and letting you up, and who's like gonna be the first one to be? Like, you, you're just like falling down. <laughs> like this, like this is there. awful. Who would? Who wants to deal with this? Like to the point where you just stop getting up. Then um, I'll throw myself next. So uh, I'm gonna kind of go back to the front. I think Mike Malvin Bader would be the one too. 
I'm saying Bader at the top. I don't know. Mike does not get tired wrestling, and he like <laughs> does it more. But than Bader. Bader does actual cardio. I know what you're saying. That's true. I well, know, I know what you're saying about Mike. How often does Bader do actual cardio? I, he's he literally Just left the office tw- one day this week to go run. Right, so maybe he's li- trying to be living his. Seems best like life. he's starting again. Yes, he's starting again. But Mike has been. He stays training. Sure. Sure. So I'm going Mike Bader. Sure. Though Bader could do it. Bader has the VO2 uh, max capacity that I think would uh, maybe beat Mike. And then it's some combination of me, Bracky. I'll say Bracky would be third, and then me, and then Holmes somewhere in there. Holmes is those, – those muscles need a lot of blood. Gas tank's a mystery. Yeah, it's a total mystery. And I've seen a lot of jack guys get tired very quickly. Mm-hmm. So Now – that's usually when they're going up in weight. Ryan's been at that weight for a while. No, I, the, <laughs> the Thomasites were so jacked and got so tired. Um, okay, so that's that's how we did it. Um, what other questions should we look at? We talked about Lockhaven Ed and women's. That's awesome. I don't know if there's anything to circle back on that because Ethan came in and we needed to talk to him. Oh, Willie's listening. Listening. Oh, what's he got to say? <laughs> he tweeted. He goes, "That's not how you pronounce the plural of biases." One. And two, no one gasses from playing spike ball. That's not true. That is absolutely that is. true. I have witnessed it. <laughs> yep. First of all, Willie knows overwhelmingly that when I mispronounce things or use words like explosivity instead of explosiveness, it is tongue-in-cheek. Second of all, people absolutely gas playing spike ball when it's 95 degrees and there's, there's zero cloud cover in Austin ever. He wouldn't know. He wouldn't know. He's never played outside with us. He actually has it the, in the back of the old HQ, but he never really. Oh played. yeah, that's right. But we didn't like, even know how to play then. Yeah, we didn't even know the rules. Um. All right, why don't we go? Uh, can, I want to answer yeah. one because, and I don't think. I'm not going to say the person who asked this question is stupid because I think he's very smart. But a lot of people have been asking this question, and I feel like they're asking it in a stupid way, and I get annoyed with it. Okay. <laughs> Eric Casey, you're not stupid. Are there any avenues for Yanni Gable to make the U23 team if they don't wrestle at Akron and lose at Final X? And this has also been co-opted with, can they go juniors? Mm-hmm. No. No. Go on themat.com, look up team selection criteria, and just start reading. It will help you educate yourself on the World Team Trials process for every style, every age level. If you do not wrestle in Akron, there's no special wrestle-off stuff. If you are still junior eligible, you have to be a world medalist and, I believe not or, and place top three at the Open. So Gable not wrestling at the Open, also not being a world medalist. No, Yanni didn't wrestle any freestyle at all last year. No. So... The junior team is the junior team. Fix is no longer junior eligible, and U23s in Akron will determine the U23 team. Got it. So for Gable and Yanni, if they don't wrestle U23s, it is final X or bust. Final X or bust. I got a few. Okay. Uh, Tyler Guth, at Tyler Guth. When you say, Caleb, play the music, are you talking about at CDP Piles 2011? Is CDP in the control room? Yes. <laughs> Summer internship. That should, we okay. should set him up in there. Yeah, oh, that would be so fun. Yeah, I want to say today's the last day of school, so maybe we'll start bringing him in for nice for radio stuff. But no, his name's Caleb Blakeman. Uh, he's actually not in the control room today, um, but yeah, that's not the Caleb I'm talking about. And then uh, the other one, he took our 
Netflix recommendation last week, uh, Sam Stoll's knee. Oh. Permission to go home, lie down, and watch some TV and rest up so my face isn't beat red for my family photo tonight. <laughs> Guys, you have to watch. I think you should leave. It's so funny. Actually, Eric Bush's uh, wife was saying was mad at us. She's like, you guys owe me because he's watching that show because of you guys, and it's so stupid, and it's not even funny at all. Women it's don't like it. Olivia so hated funny. it, too. She found she liked the one skit where he acted like he was choking, where he was choking, and he wouldn't leave. I forget which one Katie liked. I think the one, uh, <laughs> the one where they're singing the song is so funny. Yes. Anyways, just watch the show, <laughs> Dag. On it, it's hilarious. Anything else before we go, boys? Happy Memorial Day. No, for those of you watching live, they're on 63 kilos right now in the finals. So it'll be a few more matches before. Uh, Janjo Hancock's coming up. We got Mallory Velti and Tamara Mensa Stock going tomorrow. And then a whole bunch of awesome foreigners going on Saturday for uh, for men's freestyle. Everyone have a safe Memorial Day weekend. Because I know there's some adult beverages consumed. <laughs> I will consume some. I am. Safely. Hey, do you guys want to do the, the Murph challenge on Memorial Day? I don't know what that is. I don't. Okay. No, I don't want to die. Like, that I'm sounds not like a college thing. No, it's not no, a college it's thing. A little dizzy bad situation? Nope, it's definitely not that. It's uh, <laughs> so in honor of this guy, if you've seen Lone Survivor, hero Murphy, dies, gets uh, posthumously awarded the Medal of Honor. Anyways, Navy SEALs are awesome. They do crazy workouts. So this guy did one called that he called Body Armor, where he would wear a weighted vest. I won't be doing this portion. Run a mile, 300 squats, 100 push-ups, 200 – no – 200 push-ups, 100 pull-ups, and then run a mile. It's really, really hard. Apparently, I've never done With the done weighted it. vest on the whole time. With the weighted vest on the whole time. Oh, my. Uh, anyways, it's a big – it's like a Memorial Day tradition. So I'm doing it. David Bray's doing it. Uh, Ray and uh, our intern, John Zach, is going to be doing it. Intern John, uh, he, he if he gets in the weight room a little bit, he'll be challenging Holmes. For yeah, him. dude. He's pretty freaking jacked. Yeah. All right. Uh, feel free to play us out. I don't know if you're playing us out. I unplugged the uh, plug situation, so. It's almost as though you could plug it back in, though. I could, I could, but that's very, very JV of me. We thank you guys so much for listening. What's going on this weekend, Nomad? Let the people know what they should be watching. Set up oh, the weekend proper. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I forgot to mention. I get there's a lot of stuff going on. HSC duels are this weekend, and I think the we'll have a better Monday than we've ever had. Monday they, is uh, when the – they do. They get into tournament style. They get away from the pools and get into tournament style to determine the champs. Um, and they will be doing it a different way than before. I think everyone's going to like it. I think it'll be better matchups. Uh, a lot of like, really good individual guys. Yeah. Like, I know. Like, like, like for example, such as AJ Ferrari. Ooh. Julian Klebo. Are we gonna get the full Ferrari experience? <laughs> Probably. Wow. So make sure you're watching that. Uh, Mike Mal will be down there along with Ali, and I think they're going to be following along with, I want to say, Kong and either Shut or Young Guns. Um, so kind of a little different coverage than we've traditionally done for HSCA duels, but uh, I just I think we got a really good plan for this year, and I think HSCA has a good plan for this year, and you guys are going to really like it. Lots of refs on the watch. Plenty to do. Thanks so much for listening. We're going to be back next Tuesday. Come heck or high water. I don't think we will be back that point. Right. So, shouldn't have told you that because now you're not going to listen. Just kidding. I'll pretend to be Willie again. He'll pretend to be Willie. He did a great impersonation. 
He's going to put on some weight, shave his head bald for the next time because Kyle Brack is a true pro. Yep. We'll be able to fill it. We'll have Cesare recap HSC, recap build towards Akron, more Final X stuff, plenty of stuff to talk about. Great. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time.